not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and Freedomslips.com, its staff or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, Freedomslips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. And welcome, everyone, to another adventure into reality. I'm joined once again by my international co-host, Kathy Ma. Hi, it's great to be here yet again. Another exciting day. I can just feel it. And we, yes, we want to thank the special listener that was able to send some uh, very special advice via the Facebook page to assist Kathy in having her steamed fish. I know. I am so excited. Thank you so much for doing all that work and research for me. I am definitely going to check it out, and I will let you know how it went. Very but cool. Certainly, the steamed fish is very important, February 8th. <laughs> so we are now in the year of the monkey. Just about February 8th, and it will start. But the energy for the year of the monkey has already started. I'm sure everyone can already feel the changes happening and a little bit of challenges coming up. But it's everything is a distraction challenge rather than a very big hardship challenge. Exactly. And uh, we are at the point where we are going to be taking callers in just a second here. But we want to remind everyone... Um, you must wait at least one month before you have called. If you've called before, please wait one month. There are a lot of people that are trying to get a hold. Get a hold. We had one individual person that tried to redial 93 times, and he did get through. <laughs> so please understand, if you are trying to get through, there are a lot of people that are in Australia now at 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the morning to try to listen to these live shows. So... We are going to be setting up a, a scenario where, where more of the time zones will be available to get to get in. So everyone, please hold on and give everyone a chance. Um, and we are going to open up the calls here. So the station number that is we have is 347-688-2902. Or you can do Freedom Screen on Skype. And that will allow you to use Skype to call in. So for those that are in other time zones all across the world, from Sweden, Norway, Japan, Hong Kong, we have a tremendous amount of callers from all over. So if you're unable to get through with that other number, the second number is 956-217-0261. And uh, we will wait for the mass amount of calls to come in and Kathy will give us a little bit of advice about steamed fish. It has to have the whole head. <laughs> yes. Most certainly we need to have the whole head. We need the head and the tail on the first day of Chinese New Year. Because uh, in Chinese there is a saying, um, loosely translated means you need a start and a finish. So steamed fish is a very traditional dish that you have that will represent the prosperity and fulfillment you'll have for the year. But as with anything that you come in, you want a beginning and an end. So you must have the head and the tail. I mean, you don't actually have to eat the head or the tail, but it must be cooked together and served with the fish, which is a challenge I found uh, where I am because they all want to just do fillets. <laughs> exactly. Yes. They just want the cut, the cut, the fish and the fillets. Yeah. Yes, yes. So uh, another thing that you have, uh, on a Chinese New Day for a meal will be the what we call the long life noodles. 
um, we call it chong sao min, literally is long life. And you have these again so that everyone during this meal, it's a representation to say that we're all expecting and will have long lives for the year. Very, very cool. We have been joined by our first caller, 702, your name and where you're calling from? Hello, um, this is Brenda, and I'm currently in North Carolina. Brenda from North Carolina, welcome to the show. What kind of questions you so do you want much. to ask today? Thank you. you you're welcome. Um, well, I just recently started listening, and I built this drawing, you know, just to kind of get a rundown of, you know, where I am currently. I feel really just stuck overall in my current situation and also just ask about my origins as well. Well, I want to bring Kathy in for the, the unique female perspective because there, there is something in your voice that, that I know Kathy can help with. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Brenda, when you I say you me. feel stuck, what, what exactly does that mean for you? Um, Career-wise, uh, money-wise, relationship-wise, making decisions. Okay, but um, I, I guess everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the beginning of the year. That's the way it goes with the reflection, right? Um, right? So when you say feel stuck, do you mean more that you are not getting what you want, let's say, out of career? Is it that you you just more that you feel like you're in a blah kind of place and you just want to achieve more but nothing new is coming up? Correct. Um, well, I stopped working, you know, corporate. I was pulled to do that and, and now I just, I don't know if it's a lack of patience, but I, I feel like I'm in the same place as I maybe like for three years now. Mm, mm. Kind of just shuffling along but not really knowing what I'm supposed to be doing. I know. Mm. Mm. When I look at your energy, to me, it's like you've just got so much stuff around you. Um, it's, it's, I'd say, confusing more than anything. It's like, how can I describe it? It's not that there is no opportunity. In a way, there's too much opportunity, but none of them really grab you. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah, I could do that. Oh, yeah, you know, that's nice. And yeah, yeah, but nothing is getting you out of bed, you know. And for me, when I look at your energy, I'd say a lot of it is because it's, let's call it more like a wind-up period for you. Um, I don't know that I'd necessarily call it a reflection period, but more like a wind-up. It's a time for you to start thinking more clearly about what it is that you want to attract. Not so much what you want, uh, simply, but just what you want to attract. So one of the things that I suggest you can do is you start to visualize the things that are attractive to you. So not so much, oh, I want um, to work in marketing as a, you know, CMO, you know, nothing specific like that. But more it's like, mm -hmm. I would like to find some work that would provide me at least, you know, um, X amount of dollars per month, you know, including your spending money, like fun money. Um, and I would like to have a very easy working environment. I would like to have positive people that I work with. Um, you know, cut it up to things that you want. Literally, it's if you could choose everything and you don't know what it is, what features about it is it that you want? And write them down. Um, I suggest you write them down because once you get started, there'll be a lot. It'll take you a little while just to, you know, think, oh, well, you know, I don't really know. But just think about it every day. If you had to do something, 
what is it that you would like to attract? Um, for sure you want positive people around you, for sure you want some financial abundance, for sure you want job security, you know what I mean? So you just keep adding to that list. And once you've got that list together, I want you to just really sit down and think about it. Because when I look at your energy, you're an extremely powerful woman. So for you to create anything in your life isn't super hard. It just takes focus. So you ground yourself, surround yourself with things that make you feel calm and uh, serene. So whether that's, um, you know, essential oils, uh, crystals, pretty pictures, whatever works for you, surround yourself with that. And if you think, oh, you know, where I live is just really not intrusive to creative, then no problem. Go outside, find a tree, find a lake, whatever it is for you. And you getting at oneness with yourself and being grounded and visualizing, that's what you need to do. And then just put it out there because the minute you start putting it out there, it will happen for you. I could almost say to you, if you do this every day, within three months, you will have pretty much what you've asked for. But my one little thing to you is be very, very careful about what you ask for because sometimes you get it and you haven't thought everything through. And I'll, just to give you a, a, a silly example, like you, if you were traveling, you might say, oh, you know, I want a safe flight for me and all my luggage to arrive safely and et cetera. But then if you didn't specify that you want, your, you know, to be on time, it could all happen then you, two days later you get there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, uh, yes, yeah. so I have experienced this dilemma myself. <laughs> Every time I add a little bit more to it. So when you're trying to create something, I know it sounds very strange, but you have to think about all the little things as well. Because the more energy you put into creating that, the more it is going to happen for you because you're such a creative being. Um, so that's one part of it, which is the career. When I look at your love life, to me, I would say it's very difficult to find true happiness when you're with someone that doesn't fulfill you. Um, one of the things that you have to think about for yourself is what do you need to be fulfilled? Because when I look at you and love relationships, I don't see that you've had a fulfillment. You've had nice, but not fulfillment. So it, a lot will depend on what you're prepared to accept and what you're prepared to not accept. Because sometimes relationships are funny, you know, that they're, they're great, there's love, things are going well, but you're just missing that little bit that you can't put your finger on. But then you think, why rock the apple cart, you know? But while you're in that state of flux and you're not doing anything else, you are also blocking any other opportunity coming your way. So again, ask yourself, what do I need to be fulfilled? Am I being fulfilled or not? Because if you're not, then you already know your answer. When I look at you and your life that's coming up for you, it's very, very exciting times. I would say you're looking at probably next year, you will have something that is super fulfilling. Between now and then, to me, in, in a sense, when I look at your energy, it doesn't really matter what you do um, in a relationship because what is coming for you far outweighs anything that you could do now. So whatever suits you to pass the time would be nice. I hope that didn't sound too straight. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
whatever you want to do. <laughs> it's difficult, no, you know. You. When it yeah. comes to matters of the heart, the brain and your sense don't always agree, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But at the end of the day, yeah. if you don't feel ready to do anything, just stay and leave it as it is because when the opportunity comes your way, there'll be no mistaking it. I mean, you'll know what I mean. Wow, thank you. Thank you so much. I got got a question for you. As I've been listening to Kathy, I've been also looking at you and scanning you. Do you paint your toes as like a ritual? Have you been doing that for a long time? Yes. (laughs) How long have you been doing that? Oh, wow. Um, I'd say about 13, around 13 years old, I do it. It makes me feel very feminine. I don't know what it is. Have you recently stopped stopped doing it or something like that? I did. I did stop doing it. I was having a strange reaction to everything I was putting on my body, in my body. I had to just do raw vegetables for maybe three three months. Um, I couldn't use any fabric, salt, nothing. So exactly. So no. your toe, your yeah, your toes were the mirror, were were the barometer to tell you your body had reached heavy toxicity. Um, so what what I'd like for you to do is is to start painting your toes again, but go get something non toxic like watercolors. Okay. Okay. It's really important that you reconnect to that. And and th- there's just something about with you and your feet spending time where you're just putting that mental activity into them. It stimulates your meridians. It stimulates your body, gives you motivation, and it makes that spark in the morning of the day just a little bit more to get going. It does. Wow. So, did you have anything else that you may have stopped doing, like toe painting or something? Did you like little paint symbols on your body when you were young? I did. You know, it's, I think about it now, but I would kind of just wake up and I would have these symbols that I dreamed of and I would write them out on my legs. <laughs> I don't know. like I knew it. I, I knew yeah. it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Symbols. So what I would like and for you I to do. I never knew what they meant. Because I, 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 it means a huge amount, a huge, huge, huge. What I'd like for you to do is find an old pair of jeans that you can sacrifice. And I want you to go get a Sharpie marker, a black one, a red one, and a green one, or whatever colors you want that will look good on top of a jean color. And I want you to use those as your drawing jeans. Okay? And I want yeah. you to draw on your legs these symbols. And then get one or two or three pairs of jeans totally filled up and that you want them to be on your body until you're ready to take them off and just do the symbols on the butt and the butt side because you can't do it you know unless you're doing it in a mirror and make them accurate and at the end of that i want you to call call back to the show or or get a hold of tanachit galactic historian and i think i can assist you once you've manifested the language because what you're trying to do is make the infinite light light language right now manifest through the through the through the ink and pen, and your toes were the triggers to your meridians. Wow! Y- you may end up discovering that you make such intricate patterns that people will want to buy them. Thank you. 
I will do that today. All right, darling. It has been really good to talk to you. You are so ready and primed. Get out there, paint your toes again, and, and give yourself watercolor, non-toxic stuff. You need that in your life. And, and draw on those jeans. Draw every symbol you could possibly do. Whatever it takes, sitting there watching TV, cross your leg over, grab a Sharpie, and start drawing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, and I did just want to ask just a short question. Sure. It's just, um, I recently heard you speaking of, like, your origins and, and where you come from, and it's, I feel that this pull towards that, but I, it's something that I had never really... Well, opened my you, mind you, to before. Yeah, you're 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 old. First thing you got to understand, as a soul, you're old, and and it's not that you identify to one or other worlds. You identify mm -hmm. to hundreds of worlds. No, no single world is your point of origin right now, because when you immigrated to Earth 33 million years ago, you gave up your citizenship and all of these other groups. And you came here as a galactic free-roaming soul. So wow. your arrival here, this is your home when it comes to your soul perspective. And you have other shards of yourself who have stayed on the outer rim of the universe in the process of waiting for the shards that are inside the galactic ascension machine, which is the Earth process, to once again go to the end of the universe and begin the infinite cycle of reconnecting their soul shards. So you are an Earth-born being for the last 33 million years. Okay? And what that so means is... Does that mean I'm stuck here? <laughs> no, it means you're getting ready to, to get your passport off of this world. You came okay. here as part of a, an extended, super-long cycle. Because there were other beings from other worlds who identified as Arcturian, Pleiadian, this, that, Andromedan. And they began to migrate here. And your choice of coming here was, because you've lived in dozens and dozens of different worlds, if I come to this world, all those people that I have met in all of these other worlds will come and have lifetimes with me here. And it'll be far more efficient. I see. And you've now completed... 95% of those lifetime exchanges off-world here on Earth. And the last set of changes for you are self-motivation, self-healing, and self-nurturing as this I am presence, so that the fullness of your soul shards can once again begin be incorporated back into your body till you realize that you're going to be one of those one billion healers that steps up in this world with your story of life intact as this I am being who is going to be doing the soul shard integration that's going to extend your life hundreds and hundreds of years as an I am presence. And ultimately, that's what many, many, many people are going to come to when they go through their awakening and they let go of time, and time will not define their age anymore, and age will not define a point of death. Amazing. Thank you so much, both of you. And you have an you are day. welcome, Thank darling. You. you have a really, really have good day. day. Okay. So the next caller is 636. Your name and where you're calling from? This is Michael, and I am from St. Louis. First question, not about me, it's on my fourth son, who is six years old. He was born with a golf ball-sized void in his left brain from a blood clot stroke due to a texture car accident before he was born. His brain, obviously, is wired different, and he's certainly in his right foot. 
can you give me a little insight on what he hears and sees in other people's head, and how is he protected from getting too much input from others? It was really bad a few years ago. It seems they have calmed down lately. Okay. What's your name? My name is Michael. My son's name is Sandro. Six years old. Sound, and he was born six years ago. Yes. Um, and how was, was the so car bad. accident? Uh, it was a texture car accident. He had a stroke from his mom throwing a blood club, but it was so bad a few years ago, he would hide under tables in restaurants looking at people that he didn't like what he was receiving. All right, so first thing first you have to know is he came through with this skill already, and he is not seeing, uh, I don't want to call it ghosts. They're, they're not that. He's seeing the bleed through from other dimensions. So he is seeing people moving around him that are interacting with the world but no one else sees them interacting with the world those that are just one degree of dimensional separation of us those that are in the fourth dimension who aren't functioning in time are always the unseen world and he's beginning to see the different strategies that higher selves have and they manifest a light being who goes off and begins to put the chest moves together so synchronicities come together so is he seeing the mechanics of individual matrices a family matrix like you and your doctor you and his school so on and so forth and how you interact with that and then how he interacts with it as a micro being and all the unseen forces so this is what he is being exceeding and because he's now reaching the age where his personality is no longer in the innocent dna format it is now going to a much more personalized i am presence his actual i am presence technology is fully forming and this is where his personality will determine how he deals with the information that he's seeing have you been able to teach him any form of mental relaxation not, nothing yet. I mean, we've, we've mainly been aware of him seeing things and seeing things in people, but we haven't been able to work with him yet. Okay. He's also very telepathic. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, like, like, since the beginning of this conversation, he is, he is trying to use what I call half-baby-speak, ba-ba-ga-ga-ga-ga, and some form of limited I am presence telepathy, which is emotions. And what he's showing me is he's absorbing the emotions of, of you and your worry about him, which is then creating a program in his mind about trying to fix himself instead of acknowledging that for whatever reason and whatever moment before I accept Roman numeral time as my definition as I am presence, I don't need to fix this. I'm an infinite being. So what it is is you need to change the resonant frequency of worry about yourself so that there is a resonant frequency of growth within him that this is the time the child grows and learns about being outside with people creates coping skills that allow him to be in an area and not be overwhelmed um, this is breathing biofeedback tapping um, you can do muscle testing many children if you really are make it fun Get very good at muscle testing. Very good. Okay. I want to bring Kathy okay. in here real quick, too. Okay, good. Um, one of the things I want to ask is 
when you say that this happened to him when he was before he was born, so you mean like in in the tummy there was a car accident with your wife? Is that right? Uh, he was my, his mother was six months pregnant. Yes. And at that time, could you give me a little bit of detail about the accident? Uh, she was hit from behind at about thirty miles an hour. Stopped. Uh, Twenty minutes later, she thought she was fine, and the seatbelt pulled on her, and she ended up in the hospital throwing up for twenty-four hours. Mm. And we ne never actually knew she threw a blood clot until they did a brain scan at about a year. Mm. I understand. Okay. Because when I look at the, the link between your son and his mother, I see that there's a very, very strong link. I mean, whatever trauma... We just right, that is on. our music caller. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. We'll come back after the music, so we'll be right back. I'm sorry, that's certain one. Like color blocks or not toys, but to me it's like colors. He, he seems to like a lot of color and he likes shapes. Yes, yes, he definitely likes color shapes, uh, cars, different colors, many. Because mm. I would even f suggest maybe you could work out some sort of, I mean, not alphabet, but uh, some way to get him to choose colors and shapes that represent you know, like a yes or a no kind of scenario um, to gauge his response over things. Because I think if you can make that contact on a more basic level, you would have a better understanding of how his mind works. So, for example, if, if you know, a yellow circle is something that he associates with joy, then it's an easier way to tell you whether he likes something or doesn't by purely picking up the thing that gives him joy. Do you see what I mean? I mean, it's it's a very basic yeah. type of thing, but I think you would have quite a bit of success with trying things like that to start with, um, because he has such a huge mind that he would be very inventive in finding other things to show you and uh, use as a form of communication, just to give him more confidence to get going. Um, I hope that makes sense. I don't think it came out very well. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, Thank you. But I also think that he has a very um, inquiring mind. So you would find that, especially over time, more and more as he gets older, his curiosity is piqued over so many things, especially things that move. So you have a, a lot of reaction with things like butterflies, um, birds, um, anything that flutters and moves. So you would have more luck with those type of movements in encouraging him to come out from the inner self to the outer self. I, I got a question. Did, did he have yes. surgery after you guys found out about the blood clot in his birth a year later? No, they said it's just loss of matter. Uh, he's, it's a golf ball size hole on the left side. So it's his motor control and motor receptors and his walking is 95% there. And the right hand is about 50% there. Use of the All right, right so, hand. So something to know, because your wife was hit from behind and that it actually caused a blood clot in him, that means he was born under some heavy-duty birth traumas. That means his muscles and the fascia that attached to, attaches the ligaments, ligaments and muscles to the bone are very, very tight. So it's going to be very difficult for him to, raid, to 
let's just say, circulate his cranial fluid into all the way down into his tailbone. So finding someone that is a cranial sacral therapist that has dealt with whiplash in babies will be very, very important to his overall general health, as well as allowing his body to grow in a form that won't be determined by the tightness of the fascia in his neck. Because if the tightness in this fashion is next stay, he'll have a shorter neck than during his growth process. It'll actually stunt his growth. Okay. So having someone that come can come in and unravel the tailbone, the neck, and especially the muscles that are called the atlas and the axis, this will go a long way at giving him full range of motion as a child without pain. Okay, very good. And the only other question I've got is kind of a two-part, Andrew. What do you say to someone who's obsessed with the matrix and getting out of it, and they think checking out is, is the way to go? And then on the other part of it, what do we say on the other side when everybody around us is trying to convince us of reincarnation and we say, hell no, I'm not going back? Well, you're, you're talking about, about checking out of this world, and if you check out of this world, 99% of the time you are in reincarnation and you have a semi-life review, a false life review, and within a few hours you're back back into a body because that's not your, your exit point in the matrix because you've made deals with the matrix at a much bigger macro scale. Now, when it comes for people that want to leave the matrix and go off and live off-grid, you know, that's a different perspective. You know, you, you still need to interact with the world. You still need to be a part of it. Because the world is the bigger change. And there's the old saying, the monks have to come out of the mountains to create the mystical changes. And this is the time where when we take isolation or isolationism, we are still in advanced zealot polarity, not thinking that we cannot educate the rest of the world because we can educate the rest of the world. It's been done thousands and thousands of times over millions of years. We are a race with amnesia. We just must begin to use these words, these actions, and these physical things that go on to trigger our bodies to go look into our, into our DNA memories and bring up more about past lives that have whole volumes of things waiting for us to learn about them. You know, and then when it comes to, you know, leaving the world itself, you know, that's, that's a, a whole different thing. No one's going to transcend and eliminate their body and just go off into the world the system isn't set up that way. If it was, we'd have left this a long time ago. No one would have stuck through through the worst of the times. It isn't a prison. It's something that we created to grind ourselves down to the most basic concept. Use your free will or be stuck. As long as you use your free will and accept the responsibility of your unseen world in your seen world, then you get to leave this place. But if not, you're going to stay here. A part of you will stay here. You may figure out in the astral world how to leave and go live somewhere else, but a shard of you will stay here until that is done. And that is the scenario of many, many people. There's just one little shard of them here, and that's why they feel they got to go. Okay? Most of the times when people feel there's only one shard here, there's actually dozens, and they're just so disconnected from themselves they are unaware that they have other pieces, parts flowing around because they don't take the time to understand, understand or learn esoteric concepts or they don't learn basic breathe, deep breathing techniques to connect themselves 
to the to the prana that's in the land so they can once again feel awareness and the deep down core confidence that you are more than you've heard read or studied does that help very good yeah very good i will relay that too i think you were right on thank you so much you're welcome brother any other questions you want to ask uh, yeah just one more uh, it's got to be personal so what's my favorite et home world and what are all these implants doing in my body um, well, hate to tell you, you don't have any implants in your body right now. All right, good then. So what's my favorite ET world? Um, like the other caller, you are not identified by one ET world. So I want you to think of a Disneyland, a Six, a six Parks flag, National Monument place. Each one is a, is a theme park. And you had really good times at many theme parks, and your last theme park that you were really good at was the Octarian Homeworld. And when you left the Octarian Homeworld as a theme park, you came here, and you began to let go of personal identification to other worlds as the sole focus of the theme park. Because your ultimate goal is to make your own theme park. You came here to be trained with the rest of the grandmasters of the universe because all of them are going to go out and make their own themed parks. And when you go through your graduation process, you're going to be in the density of level of people that are creating new worlds, that understand there's a massive amount of commerce that goes into geoengineering a world and bringing life to it, as well as the spiritual processes of, of bringing a planet to life and what goes into the co-creation with the soul of that world. Sounds like a heavy responsibility. It isn't a heavy responsibility. It's an understanding that you're moving to the next level of evolution, and you don't want to work at just your individual 1 or 20 or 30 people you know or 90 people you know in your lifetime. You want it to be 90 billion. That means you're going to live a multidimensional life. You won't need one body. You'll learn how to make 2,000. And they'll all fully be aware of everything else, and they won't be in competition. That's why you don't identify to a single theme park homeworld anymore, because your soul learned the lesson before it even came here, that if I'm going to go to the next level of, of galactic or universal evolution, I must increase my scale and size in which I can love all of these beings I've worked with over many millions of lifetimes. And I will create a theme park for them, for those who haven't figured it out yet. One that'll be fun for them. Okay. All right, brother, we gotta move on to the next caller. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Andrew. You're welcome. You're welcome. So our next caller, 413, are you there? Hello. Hi, 413, your name and where you're calling from? Hi, my name is Rachel. I'm calling from Amherst, Mass. Amherst, Massachusetts. Welcome, Rachel. What kind of questions do you want to ask? Oh, this is a little nerve-wracking. I've been trying to get through for a couple of weeks. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> um, my first question is, did, there, did something happen to me April 27th, 1999, at about 3 o'clock in the morning? That what, what year were you born? I'm a spirit. I was born in 79. I had my daughter April 27th, but I felt like everything changed that day. I, I changed. 
Okay, what year were you born, April 27th? What year? No, I, w- I was born 79, November 27th, November 28th, 1979. Okay. And then the date you're asking is the date of your daughter's birth? Yeah, April 27th, 99. Um, nothing intergalactic happened. Nothing interuniversal happened. But what did happen was you gave birth to a being that you had not had another lifetime with in about 11 million years. And your daughter chose to come into you at that exact frequency of time because that was the only opportunity that she had. And if she had not made that choice, she wouldn't have come in until the late 2030, 2031, about that process time. So your daughter is Atlantean through and through, and she's, let's just describe her as an Atlantean dome healer. So there are these domes that are made out of basalt and clear quartz crystal and smoky quartz crystal. And imagine these domes like the Superdome in, 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 in Georgia, where it's like, you know, 80,000 people can be under this dome. Mm-hmm. And there would be several hundred priest, priestess, sorcerers, warlocks, and, and technical magicians who understand that the technology of bioresonant frequencies. So they would go into these domes and they would start singing and make echoes from one point to the other. And then people were allowed to be brought into the stadium. But the individual people were there for an advanced form of what's called density training. At that time, Atlantis understood that the world of Earth was waning in psychic power, background radiation power, and that the power of the Atlantean people and their technology would be waning until the point of nothingness, until their technology would no longer function. So these domes were created that people could go into so they could retain density, so that as the world, every year the world went by, the density was decreasing so much that it made it very hard for people to, to live on the surface of the world. So they became subsurface beings and learned this density training so they could extend their lives by thousands of years or some scenarios, millions of years. And then the density training added more processes to it where other off-world beings were coming and singing from their homeworld perspective and bringing another form of density training so people could begin to immigrate from Earth and be trained at the density of another world. So Earth was be about fifth density or fifth, going between fifth and fourth density at that time. And there were many beings who wanted to go back to a sixth density world and still have that maintaining. But they could only re- maintain that if, if this dome technology and they were in it and they were singing within it and healing within it long enough to, to raise their density level to leave this world, not via astral travel, but direct dimensional to density to dimensional travel. Huh. She's very, very strong. Her energy is, we don't, like, we don't get along very well. And I think it's because of our energies clashing so much. No. But... No, it, That's it, good it, it, to know. it is. No, no, no. This is all birth trauma. It um, is. But we, I had a really bad birth. Like it yeah, was horrible. It's all birth trauma, 
And the whole reason the relationship is bad is because she still is feeling psychic pain from the birth. If you were to really, really dedicate yourself to healing birth traumas, and I mean, it's going to require a lot of tears and someone that's going to regress you to the point that you're at your birth. And so you can discover other lifetimes you led with her and other souls who wanted to be born as her twin. Hmm. So she should have been born as a twin, but you had, did not have the life force to even barely support her. And that's funny you say that. Her, her dad's lineage and mom or grandmother is all twins. See? Um, right there, more confirmation for you. So if you wow. are capable of giving yourself the, the rooted discipline, you can get someone to do past life regression, and you can get a hold of Tanach at galactichistorian.com, and he can set you up with Debbie, who's been on the show many, many times, and right. she can go through the process of releasing the birth traumas. Now, once you start releasing the birth trauma, you'll realize that you have other birth traumas from other lifetimes which are the foundation of why this birth trauma is so bad. So you have wow. had your baby taken from you hundreds of times. And now this is, this is something I see in many, many, many women. In your scenario, you were what's called a breeder. You were a part of the royalty of Europe and Asia and India. And you would be born as a woman. And by the time you were three, you were betrothed to someone for some physical sale of dollars, gold, or what diamonds, or whatever, and you became part of their family. And by the time you turned to your have your first uh, menstrual cycle, you were pregnant by your fifth menstrual cycle. And at the end of the birth, the baby would be taken from you, and you would never see it again. And then you would have another baby, and another baby, and another baby, until you couldn't have any more babies. And then they put you in the monasteries. Wow. Okay. So that is the type of birth traumas you are going to be healing. But it is only because you went through all of those birth traumas did you actually get a frequency of being able to birth your daughter. Because your daughter has those exact same frequencies. That's why she had one slice of time to get in before the big events. And if she didn't choose the hard life and the hard healings, with someone who's done it before and who's also been a healer in hundreds of other lifetimes, which is you, then she has a great opportunity of reconnecting to that Atlantean dome singer where, once again, the power of her manifesting power can raise the density and light of beings. I'm, like, blown away. I would never have guessed. I really did not think that at all. <laughs> wow. I want to bring Kathy in here and, and add, have her add her perspective. Mm. It's a very, very interesting scenario, really. I totally agree with the birth trauma. Um, I think that one of the things that you, you may find difficult to reconcile, you know, let's say this life um, or even just the next decade or so, is the sense of completeness like for some reason in your mind you keep thinking you lack something or I do yeah. you know you're missing something or you know <laughs> um, but when I look at you and your energy I don't see it like that 
I see that you are complete. It's just that there are certain parts of you are not activated or have been repressed or have been injured from before. And it's just a question of reclaiming all parts of you to feel whole. Um, to be honest, I feel like it. Uh, I'm an uh, ex-drug addict and I feel like I lost part of my life during that. And... Mm. Um, I feel like I'm finally starting to be my person again mm. lately in the past, like, year or two. Mm. Um, and I didn't know if that had something to do with it. I see, I used to feel, like, very powerful. Like, I knew what I wanted, and I'd go for it, and I made things happen. And now I just don't feel that anymore. I think a lot of it is about reclaiming, you know. It, it's certain parts of have, you know, been kicked around, squashed, injured, you know, fallen asleep, whatever you want to call it, you know, I mean, it goes by all names. But it's, it's, it's really more about, I guess, in yourself, you have to just focus and tell yourself, I am complete. I just need to reintroduce myself to those parts of myself. I need to awaken them. I need to realign them, reclaim of what you have lost because I agree with you you are a very powerful manifester but it's you know life happens things happen to us and we get a bit lost in the past sometimes it's great that you're finally starting to awaken back parts of yourself and your life within you the life force I should say because every time you do that and you claim more of yourself it's like that confirmation to yourself that you know what I can do this I am you know I'm powerful I'm woman hear me roar <laughs> and every time you do that you will find that you have strength to go the extra mile where you thought you didn't have it <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> yeah we should listen to more Helen Reddy <laughs> yeah but you know I am I mean? ready yeah I and it, it a lot of it it's when you've, you know, been pushed into a corner and, and you've lost parts of yourself, it's much harder to reclaim than it was to the first place to gain it. And that having the confidence to do it is also, you know, I'm not going to say, part of it. yeah, you know, I don't, I don't like to use the word hard, but there's so much going against you that sometimes you think, oh, you know, it's just too hard. It's just too tired. I, you know, I think I'm just going to now watch telly, you know, my shows are coming on, That you know, and tomorrow I'll think about it. And the more that you put it off, the more hopelessness comes with that little issue that you've been feeling. It's difficult to find the strength sometimes, but you have to sometimes just Sometimes I just feel tired, you know, just tired of everything, like like I've been here too long, you know, like I'm, yeah. like I'm ready to go, you know, I'm done. <laughs> I know, I know, but you know... When you do manage to start reclaiming more of yourself, and let's say if you were to start it this evening, you know, and you could really focus and not get too distracted and not too disheartened, another couple of years and you will be back to your own powerful self, you know. It's not that long a time to get back to being in your total power and rocking this world. Mm -hmm. It's a lot to look forward to, and it's completely achievable for you. It's just every day it's hard that's all 
just have that confidence to keep going, knowing within yourself that it is possible. And some days when it's too hard, just let it go, you know. Rome wasn't built in a day. Don't beat yourself up about it. Sometimes it just takes a bit longer over certain things. That is true. But knowing that it's possible actually is one of the biggest things that can be like a carrot in front of you, you know. (laughs) You know, I know, I know I can do it rather than, oh, well, maybe it's gone, you know. (laughs) But I I look at your energy... And I think that you've actually got a lot of good stuff coming up for you this year. There's a lot of events that will happen, which um, A, will partly encourage you to keep going with your journey here, but also will bring you great happiness, you know, joy. And I like the energy around the daughter. You know, there's a lot of positive energy there. I think you're going to see a lot of change coming up, which makes you very pleased and very proud. And um, one way I'd, I'd say it's like there's a bettering of circumstance for you. And by that, it means that you're going to get um, a promotion, a better job offer, uh, money comes your way. Somehow there'll be a bettering of circumstance for you this year. So that's a lot to look forward to. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's always good to have. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like what I do in my job. You know, I, I'm a waitress and I been to college but I love what I do so you know hopefully maybe it is a better opportunity at another restaurant or something (laughs) you just never know sometimes life just throws weird stuff your way and you just have to be open to it right and you're like oh that's nice (laughs) this is true everything happens for a reason that's true that's true there is no such thing as coincidence I do not believe in coincidence no (laughs) Mm. and I, I think you also get a, um, what you call it, like a call or a co- someone will contact you about uh, a child um, that you may need to help look after for a short time. What I would say to you is the situation is fairly good for you in the sense of it's not detrimental to take this on board. But if you were to take on board helping another child, just know that will be a lot longer than you think. Oh, Okay. Mm. So, you know, know. It's, it's a it's a decision. I mean, let's face it, the odds you still do it, but it's nice to know that it's not going to, you know, if they say one week, two weeks, I would double that. Okay. Yeah. All right, that is our music. We'll be back in about five minutes, everyone, and then we'll be moving on to the next caller. Thank you so much for calling and telling us about your daughter. It is one of those that's going to echo through time. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. On Kathy Ma, we just had a first cool hour. I know. It's so interesting. You know, every week we have different kind of themes and different kind of areas of questions. And this week is very, very interesting. We are going to see what's up on the next Wheel of Callers. Jake, are you there? Jake, are you there on the wheel of collars? Going once. Yeah. Going twice. Jake. All right. 506, are you there? Yes, I am. Your name and where you're calling from? I'm Tina from New Brunswick, Canada. Tina from New Brunswick, Canada. Yes. How are you doing today? What kind of questions do you want to ask? 
Um, I'm doing great, actually. First time calling, long time listening to you, but first time calling. And actually, I get through, so I'm so happy. <laughs> well, look at that. Yeah. You, have, you uh, made it to the wheel of callers. <laughs> I did. <laughs> uh, questions I have, basically, uh, visions I had in my life and the reason for being here. So that's basically my questions. Um, vision I had, the first one, when I was a kid, it was a, a wake vision, not in a dream. And uh, I had visited my birth mother in Winnipeg, and um, we had went to the pool, and I told her boyfriend I didn't know how to swim, so he threw me in. And uh, when I was in the water, I was, I was getting pissed off. I said, I, I was thinking in my head, I told him I didn't know how to swim. Why did he throw me in? And my mom's legs are in front of me. How come she's not coming to pick me up? And then I, I started breathing hard, like, and then, and then a fi I was five years old, sorry. And then a five-year-old, well, they get distracted easy. So I was like, hey, I could breathe underwater. This was an indoor pool, and all of a sudden, this bright light appeared above me, and I, I felt something ask me if I wanted to go home. And my answer in my head right away was, no, I can't go home. I said, I'll make my stepmom and dad cry. So then I hear uh, a male voice in my ear, and he says, well, stand up then. So I stood up, and I had water up to my neck. And, uh, and then the water hurt, and they were all laughing at me, and I, I got pissed at them. I said, I was drowning. So they got embarrassed. They got me ready, and they said, come on, let's go. We're going to go to the Winnipeg Zoo. We're going to go see the giant turtles. So I'm... Um, kind of pissed at them. I remember being in the dressing room, they're blow-drying blow my hair. I remember being in the car, and I'm in the backseat, and I'm still pissed at them. And w I remember walking 30 feet behind them as we're walking through the zoo, and uh, there's like a fence, and, uh, and they say, come here, Tina, here's the giant turtles. And they're like three feet wide and two feet high. Or, and I, I looked at that, and I was like, those are just babies. And I looked to my right, and I saw these two gigantic, uh, prehistoric-looking turtles. They were facing each other. There was a sun above them. Uh, there was a tree on the bottom between them, and they were looking at each other. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, is this real? And as soon as I said that, they looked up at the sun, and then they both looked at me, and they blinked. So I was like, wow. And, and my mom said, do you see them? And I was like, yeah. So I was wondering what that was, because that always... How, how old were you? I was five years old, and I only remembered it when I was 22, and that's when I started my journey. And how old are you now? 36. So this process has made it through the two generations of the I am technology presence. So mm -hmm. what happened is your I am technology, when you got thrown into the water, your, your innocence as an inner child ended. When your mother didn't come there, you had to survive on your own. Every yeah. being on this world goes through this process. Yours was being thrown into the pool when you didn't know how to swim. Yeah. Okay? That is when your I am presence technology activated and your DNA opened up. So for that 37 to 40 hours, your DNA was opening up and you were having visions. Yeah. And this was to train you at a, at a future age 
of how to use hindsight to look back onto old memories to connect to mystical visions so a future version of you now can remanifest the mystical vision but not a replaying of the old but a creating of a brand new one it has been imprinted and impressed upon you at the very youngest of ages so you can go out and manifest mystical experiences for yourself such as seeing elk on your property or going out and seeing the fish come to spawn, um, going to places where new beings are being born, like, you know, a, a place where sheep are born or horses are born. You need to be around that type of energy. Why? Because there are very new beings who are coming in without I am presence technology who still have the full connection to the infinite. And if you can offer nurturing, teaching, healing, loving, and repaying, recycling space, they will offer to you a kinship and a guardianship of co-protection co and co-education as they are beginning to lose their infinite energy. They pass on wisdom to those who hold space around them. And as a little child, you were connecting to that visionary power where when other being was holding space for you so you could learn about the turtles. And many, many other things, too. Wow. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, that that teaching actually wanted to have me look into my uh, ancestry. And I noticed there was, uh, I have Abenaki ancestors. And uh, the closest that we had in Brunswick was the Mi'kmaq people. And I actually, I had a husband for 10 years. Um, and uh, we journeyed together. And I went to sweat lodges and ceremonies, sun dance, and I did my own ceremonies that I was called to do, which was the moon dance. It's all women, all women dancing at the light of the moon. Uh, one of the visions I had, uh, uh, first time going to a sun dance, was I, they have preparation days, so I, as, as the public and helper, I could go to the sweat lodge in the preparation days, but not when the ceremony started. So I went in, and I had gone to sweat lodge ceremonies before. Um, when I went in, uh, the first time I only lasted two rounds because it was very, very hot, and usually it's, a, it's four rounds. Uh, the next day I did, I did the four rounds, but on the second round, that's when I got a vision, and, um, and I was determined. I said, I'm going to do all four rounds. <laughs> and so I went in, and I could hear it's an all-woman sweat, and, and they're, they're singing, but then I don't hear their voices anymore, and all I hear is all the drums uh, drumming in unison and it makes like a hum around the inside the sweat lodge and that's when I I felt something tell me look up and I looked up and I saw a sacred fire and I was like in my mind I said oh my goodness that's not supposed to be here it's a sacred fire we're all gonna asphyxiate asphyxiate and I said it's supposed to be the, the rocks the grandfathers grandmothers and then I hear a male voice in my ear saying be quiet it's a vision <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I said, oh, okay. So I looked at the fire, and then there was this little green moxin that danced around it three times, and then the door opened, and it was bright again. And my face, there was one lady in that sweat lodge that was a medium, and she looked at me, and she knew right away. She said, you had a vision. I said, yeah. <laughs> you so see, you, you, you reached the whole purpose. When you described how the drums were echoing off the sweat lodge, what it was doing was creating a bubble of protection energy so that the ancestors could come in and even commune with you at a state where they're pointing something out, you know, hey, dummy, it's just a fire. <laughs> it's a vision <laughs> no. fire. 
So in, in many of my writings, you'll, you'll, you'll hear me talking about I set out a spirit fire in my dream spirit space, and that is what I am doing. That moment where I was in the sweat lodge and I communed with my ancestors, um, I understood what the drums were doing, and I knew that that was my infinite gift for the rest of my existence and beyond. I could create in no time. And your vision was to remind you that you have no time and you can do it outside of the ceremonies where you connect to that inner space where the spirit fire is there and you are tending it and asking your spirit guides and spirit teachers and medicine teachers and bundle holders from other generations to come and visit you. And this is where you put a soup onto the fire, where the soup is the portal of your mental creation because with inside that programmed water and soup are all of the ancestors who have ever done the exact same thing of creating a sacred fire in dream space with a physical space fire that is holding space while them while they're on some form of mm, psychedelic process, whether it's self-induced or medicine-induced. Okay. Um, so I have a question for you. Yes. So in your in your time of with your your native practices and that you did. What is it that you did to bring it to your home life? How does uh, your how does it work with your interactive day? Because this is the this is the big teaching that I can help you with. Well, when I feel down or I feel the energies is weird because I live in a not a it's like a duplex, but there's actually four in front and four in the back. So I'm like in the middle of that, like apartments there, and, and it's all floor level, like it's a two story. Um, like I have an upstairs, downstairs basement. But uh, sometimes I feel like whatever, and I, I have uh, sweet grass. I had sage, I ran out, but I have sweet grass, and I just smudge all around. I have the sea salt between my mattress and, uh, and the four corners of my bed. Um, I do the sea salt baths when I feel like I'm my, there's an energy drain or a, some type of leak. <laughs> huh? And, uh, I, like, I practice it. Um, a lot of times I'm in my own bubble, <laughs> Do you do any ceremonies inside your house? Yes, personal ones, yes. And because I'm a moon dancer, I have my, uh, my, my sacred pipe as well, the moon pipe. Okay. Uh, that's so, being done once a month. But what, what, um, I'm asking, what I'm asking is, do you do it four times a month, two times a month, 11 times a month in your you house? You should be doing more, right? That's what you're feeling? Yes, and you need to understand that twice per month you need to do one at sunup and one at sundown. It's very important that you get yourself that you're, you're doing your moon dance in your sacred protected space. You can even do it on top of your bed where the four, or extend the four corners to the room or something. Or take what's under your four corners of your bed out to a very protected open space in the forest and put the four corners there temporarily then do your moon dance as a sunrise and then sometime later in the month sunset and then get on a regular cycle that full moon new moon and half moon you're also doing your your energy your work so um what i'm feeling is that uh if i do it four times a month each one of those phases could be connected to one of the elements Yes, you can make it. You can make it as complex as you want. Okay, I can um, create it. And the more you create to it, the more it'll repay you. But as a beginning process, are you practicing the seven directions? Yes, when I fill up my pipe, yes, and when I do right. prayers, yes. Do you have your own 
um, stones, even if they're small, if you needed to go and set up a medicine wheel somewhere else? I'm in the middle of the city, so it's kind of hard. I no car, so it's kind of hard to get to somewhere. Um, All right, so I want you to pick seven stones to represent your seven directions teaching and make a pouch that says, when the universe shows me a place that is with, with easy for me to get to, I am going to bring these stones there and in a future set up a regular process of returning to where I set these stones up. And I will return them home with me so they are only there for a temporary medicine wheel so you can go and do your sacred work in emergencies. You oh, need to have, have a backup space. Crystals. Yeah. I have my favorite crystals. Can I bring those? Yes, you can bring those, but you, you are going to dedicate them. They cannot be used for anything else anything other than else. when you're setting up that, that mobile medicine wheel. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, the other question was uh, basically... What's my reason for being here? I know I inspire a lot of people, whoever I meet. Uh, I can create the Dome well, of I want to bring Kathy in here for a, okay. a really powerful feminine perspective. Yes, thank you. Hi, That's Kathy. A very big, hi. It's a very big question, Tina. What is my reason for being here? <laughs> I don't yeah. think it can be answered so simply put. But one of the reasons that you are here is to show other women how it can be done. Like you have been through a lot in your life. You've had a lot of trials and tribulations. And despite everything that you've encountered, you're still a very buoyant and bouncy person, positive attitude. Um, you know, you can dust yourself off uh, and keep going. I mean, an example would be when you were talking about uh when you were five in the pool um you know like uh, i would say realistically half half the people that are probably listening if that happened to them that would be they're done you know <laughs> but you you can dust yourself off you can just be a little bit pissed and you can go and look at the turtles <laughs> you know what i mean like these are skills that you don't realize are very very powerful and it's that that thought process that you have and the um, innate ability to just keep on going, which is a very, very powerful lesson to other women around. Because often women, uh, these days especially, have so much bombarded at them that they feel very weakened over certain things. And even though we live in a much more modern generation and more modern times, you still do get subjected to a lot of you know, you're just a girl, you don't know, um, you know, and it's all these subliminal things that keep coming at you. And you do, to some degree, not you, but other other women do take that on board quite a bit, uh, whether they're conscious of it or not. So just by seeing you, hearing your stories, I mean, even today, just for everyone who's listening, it's such an empowering thing because you're like, you know what, I can do all that. I can take this, turn this around, I can be positive, I can keep going, it doesn't matter what I really think, it's a question of what I can do and how I can do it. And to you it comes very normally, but to many, many people it does not. So you will find over the next, let's say, decade that there will be a lot of situations that require you to teach, probably not in a um, formal sense, but to teach and guide people about things like that, like to show them that's that, that was, they can be empowered. That's what I was wondering, like in the last year 
my my big feeling inside has been what do I want to do? What do I want to do with all the skills that I have? What what can I do? I want to create something. I wanted a baby, but I don't have a partner right now. So it's not the baby I wanted. It's a project that I want to baby. That you know that's what I realized on my own. And it, it what can I do to help? What can I and that's I've been like more looking into maybe career or creating one or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, I could certainly see you in some. Thing like that because you are a very empowering person and creative in your own sense whether it's a you know a form of um, life as in having a baby or assisting other people but the the teaching concept is still there no matter which route let's say that you go down um, you know when I look at your energy one of the things I would ask you to consider if you're looking for a project or something to, let's say, just dip your toe in to test the waters, is have a look around you to see if there's like any women crisis centers, something like this, where there are a lot of females that are in need of help, of guidance, of support, because you would thrive in an environment like that. Um, because to be able to help people that really, really need it, and it comes very easily to you, is also for you very personally empowering and gratifying and fulfilling. I think that eventually you will morph into something more powerful than that. But I would say test the waters with something like that because when you experience that, you will pretty much know that you're supposed to do something like that. Just to see one other being being empowered by what you have to say, what you have to teach, and they can turn their life around. That is what you're looking for. That's what I want to do is help people get their own connection, their own strength, their own, yeah, and empower them. That's mm. basically, yeah, and I would that's certainly start with something like a women's crisis center or that type of thing because yeah. that's where, you know, there's no dilly-dallying about the issue that these women are in trauma, they need help. Um, and they'll look to anyone for some help, assistance, support. So it's a, it, it's still a challenge, but you would oh, yeah. blossom in an environment like that. I mean, in a good way. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. thank you. I also think that one of the things that you should start to do, um, which Andrew talks a lot about, is journaling. I don't know if you've started that already. but I've been journaling since I was 14. Excellent. That's Good job for you. Good, well done. <laughs> but certainly put a lot more of your emotions into it because as you do this and you chart your reaction to people and that emotional um, side to it, you will see how much that you grow and in your brain how much you can modify what it is that you want to do in terms of your message. Yes. Well, I've been writing, but I, I need, I feel, I need to go and re-read everything so that I can see how far I've gone, you know. Well, it's always good to, you know, take a charge of, of what's going on, have a reflection time, um, yes. and see how far you've come in the journey. Yes. Sometimes you need to pat yourself on the back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there are other times that you have to give yourself time to understand what is the old skin you want to shed mm, yes so something yes. I can I can give us a suggestion that can assist you on passing old skin off 
Um, you can go out and find um, rattlesnake rattles that are available to buy so that you can wrap them around your calf muscles. So you could have eight or ten of these rattlesnake rattles, and that will trigger you in a dancing format to go through a ritual of letting go, which is what is inside your mind that needs to be shed as a skin, what needs to be brought up, what wounds have I not looked at and not healed, and what great beautiful things have I learned about so that I can rattle them in with the beauty of creation through the dancing process. Okay. And then after a while, you begin to remove the rattles and you replace those with bells. Okay. And then after you replace them with bells, you'll have a mixture of rattles and bells. Nice. Because that'll assist you with every step you take at allowing the different perspective of shedding a skin that's limiting you. Okay. Okay. And this will be something you do cyclically a few times a year. You know, when you're first trying to learn how to do it, you obviously have to put a lot of time, effort, and energy into it. Um, but then you do it cyclically as you, as part of your regular letting go process. And you include yes. it into the rest of the personal ceremonies and rituals you do. All right, that is our break. So we are going to be back uh, in about three minutes. Caller, thank you so much. You have been special. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone. We have Jake from Ireland. Are you there? Hi, Andrew. How are you doing? Very good today. How have you been? It's been a while since we've talked to you. Yeah, it's been a couple of months, and um, I'm actually in the UK still. I haven't managed to cross the waters of Ireland yet. But okay, so you're still in the UK. So what kind of questions do you want to ask today? Um, I want to talk about um, the ego and how one can deconstruct the programming um, when it comes to emotional blockages. Um, You've talked about past life regressions and um, doing ceremonies, but if the ego has basically in fight or flight mode and it's protecting protecting itself from, you know, wanting to hear answers from itself, from from its own intuition, from my own intuition, so the ego, um, you're saying the ego is blocking you from doing ceremonies and rituals? Um, not necessarily. It's blocking um, listening to um, messages from, say, my higher self. I, I, I understand. Yeah. I understand. I understand. So there's something that we have to understand. There's the intellect and then there's the ego. The intellect is your sympathetic side and the ego is your parasympathetic side. It's the unconscious and the conscious side. So when you're dealing with ego, you're dealing with the unconscious side that is trying to use the fight-or-flight process, which is adrenal gland control. So for anyone that is dealing with any sort of ego scenario what's stopping you from following through with stuff and being motivated, it's understanding you are on some form of adrenal stress. So you need to form have some kind of dietary supplements that assist your adrenal glands at letting down. And then the next process that you have to, to, to work through is 
an understanding that for the brain and the left side of the right side of the brain to begin to work together, we have a, a bunch of uh, processes here that the ego tries to overwhelm the mind, which is the sympathetic side, which is to turn on the programs, to ignore whatever is in, to not allow the reality to change, and which keeps you in stasis or homeostasis, its perception of homeostasis. That's the the mechanical and spiritual challenge of, of non-motivated with the ego in control. And the ego is in control because there are a variety of wounds at different chakra levels. And this is where deep breathing and breathing exercises are the most single most important thing to do. When you are in adrenal gland mode, you are in a program of breath that is going to ultimately raise your heart rate from one point of the day to the end of the day while your adrenal glands go more and more and more active and draw upon more chemical stuff from your body. This is where the next process, the food that you put into your body. You have to make sure that your body is processing protein during those times that you want to be motivated. If you aren't, you aren't literally going to have the energy. Your body's going to be looking into your stomach and it's only going to choose sugars or an attempt to burn fat. And if an attempt to burn fat is actually there, that means the program or the ego is charged at a different level. Am I going to use my reserves? Does this make sense to you? Yeah. Um, I, I think we understand the dietary aspect of it, but on a... Um, on an emotional level, I mean, I, I understand it's all interrelated physiologically, um, but if the, say the inner child, which is, from my understanding, the ego, is inhibiting um, growth from itself, say, right. or from yes. my own perspective. Because the, like, ego, uh, because the ego is inhibiting you having from fun from it. You, when you're sourcing your own fun, you you're, you can source your own fun, your, your ego is in check. That's one of the classic barometer meters. What do I do to have fun? What do I, and then observe yourself blocking yourself from making anything you want to be fun. Okay. okay? Yeah, because I, I, I struggle with that quite a bit. It's like So the bigger answer is... What stopped you from having fun, and it comes to a wound that you have in your heart from when you were about 13 years old. Something happened, a group of boys, a fight, girlfriend, something happened that you, you closed it out. And since that time, it has not reopened, other than you forcing yourself to have fun. And, it, and it's so tough for you to recover afterwards. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I was meaning to ask you about the wounds in particular, and um, because I can be intellectually aware of certain triggers, but it still doesn't resolve the underlying emotion of of the trauma itself. And I'm just, I'm, I'm doing the ceremonies and I'm feeling relaxed. It's just the the core, you know, the the roots belief is still there, and it's not being touched because the ego is getting away, saying. Because no, the no. ego has the key to the safe. And the ego is going to make you play its game to get the key. And do you understand you are the key master? And all you got to do is take the key and the ego can just be a tantruming little child in the corner. This is the yeah. true lesson of self-healing, self-nurturing, and self-discipline. Okay? We can only be masters of ourselves. And when we are masters of ourselves, we know we are an equal co-creation where the ego protects us from doing dumb things like tightrope walking in when it's windy. 
you know, other things like that, survival things, not these petty survival things that it is now working on. Because the I am presence has seceded most of its power to it at a young age when it turned off the process of, of being able to source your own fund, meaning you had to externally source fund. That means you were always around other people who you were, in a sense, able to use their fund energy to create your own. It wasn't that you were vampirizing off of them. You were just mimicking their frequency and not creating your own. And this is where your ego is at. It believes it's mimicked energy is just the right calories for the I am presence, and it's dictating to you the quality of life. Yeah, yeah, I completely feel that. Um, and this is where you have to have the talk with the ego, quantity versus quality. I am no longer eating your quanti qualitative food or quantitative food. I am sourcing my own happiness at every moment of my life. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a journey, and it'll be a battle. And this is where you may have to actually set up something where you're writing down the the you know you know the the debates between ego and 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 soul. That you know it believes one potato and, and a glass of beer will keep you going for a year. Yeah, because <laughs> um, that's what it's doing to you right now by not allowing you to have fun at a moment's notice. Where you can just turn on that dynamo of energy and go out and have a blast of a time. And that's yeah. why you are going to ceremonies because you ultimately need to be that high frequency being who can do it, can go on the journeys. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the ego itself has, you know, I mean, many people who get into the, into the, you know, the shamanistic field or the, or the law of resistance for us do develop a spiritual ego and I've become aware of it and become aware of that direct part of myself that you alluded to in the last conversation that, you know, expects to be a certain way. Um, because I feel like on a soul level, like because of I know who I am and what I've and on a deep level what I've done, it's almost as if this lifetime because of the challenges and the struggles, it's kind of it's kind of like um that perfectionism side comes out in the ego and it's kind of like um, I try to live up to the expectations that either I put on myself or my parents expected of me or um, all these typical, you know, issues that people have when it comes to, you know, loving oneself. Um, but my question off of that is, um, so what, what is it, how does one you know, find joy in the self-discipline of letting go of the ego. If you know it's hard work, you know, to, to change the habit patterns and you know, how do you find joy? I'll give you, know, you, I'll give you one blunt way before I bring Kathy in. And that is for a man or a woman is to go out and have that moment where you can capture someone's attention enough so that you can take them home and have betting with them. How far you go is your choice, but you've gotten to that point where you can create enough joy and happiness and co-trust among a person that you can get intimate. Okay, That's a challenge for many, many people out there, sourcing their own fun that way. Now I want to bring Kathy in to, to have a bigger, bigger perception here. Hi, Jake. Can I ask you, could you give me an example of of a situation in your life where you think you couldn't touch your inner higher self or it's 
just not there? Um, well, anytime I try to well, go out and meet people and mm-hmm. socialize, the ego automatically shuts it down. And as Andrew, you know, says, it's because of this, well, now I know that there's a heart wound. Um, I, I just have this fear of intimacy and just of, of showing who I am or even knowing what is me and what is, um, what other people project onto me. Because I've, mm. you know, been that people-pleasing, people-pleasing role. I've been the mediator without being the assertive um, alpha male and being the, you know, the, you know, I've been having issues with divine masculine, especially now at my age, trying to, you know, take the steps to becoming more assertive and more empowered mm-hmm, in my mm-hmm. own self. So, um, yeah, definitely intimacy with, um, you know, having fun with people and, mm. you know, exploring my sexual and sensual sides, which I definitely want, but I'm greatly limiting myself because of fear and, and lack of grounding and security. Mm. Do you find that when you're in those situations, you uh, get, like, super nervous? Yeah, very mm. nervous. Almost to the point where you can't speak or a little bit stuttery or lose train of thought? Um, yeah, all of that. And um, if I do say something, then it's not really, you know, in alignment with the person I'm uh, engaging with. What they with. consider um, appropriate. <laughs> yeah, because I've gone so okay. far. Okay, I'll, I get you. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, okay. Let us try these few techniques next time or the next few times you go out. Before you do go out into put yourself in any situation where there is a lot of social dynamics going on, I'd like you to spend at least an hour grounding yourself, okay? Um, and however that works for you, whether it's, you know, taking a salt bath, or walking in the park, um, doing grounding meditation, whatever it is. Um, but at least spend an hour to focus yourself on grounding so that you're really, your whole being is inside your body, okay? And even if you have to carry a few crystals or, or whatever it is that helps you feel grounded. I mean, I, I have come across people that they often just put a few es- drops of essential oil on their tissue and just put it in their pocket. So if you're feeling yourself, you know, get ungrounded, you just whip out the tissue and just have a sniff because, you know, socially no one's going to notice anything like that. It's not weird. You're not, you know, meditating, closing your eyes or anything. But when you go into a social occasion, go in uh, on a grounded level, at least spend the first few hours just, you know, alcohol-free, just so that you can keep yourself in your body. If you can maintain doing that over time, let's say if you were to go out a social occasion once a week, if you do this for two or three months, you will actually find there's a big difference in the way that you view people and the way that your conversation comes out of your mouth. And it's only because you are more present in your body. It's got nothing else to do with anything I mean, everything Andrew said is correct, but these are just, I'm just showing you a little technique that you can use to be present when you're in these high, let's call them a little bit high stress situations, because the more that you can adapt to it with grounding, the more better you can hear yourself, you can have clearer thoughts, and you can present yourself in a way that you find 
find acceptable. Uh, let's not worry about what other people find acceptable, just that you're okay with it. Because if you can do this little basic, let's call it a trick technique, then you will find that everything else happens actually much easier. Um, and once you get the hang of that, you'll be much more in tune with, you know, your higher self, your inner child, all of this. You can be more present and bear witness to what's going on. So even if you were to say things which other people consider weird or inappropriate, whatever, because you're actually completely present in that moment, you won't really care. Because what you have given people, what you have verbalized or used in gestures is a complete genuine moment for you. So whether people accept you as a, you know, a genuine being in that moment is irrelevant. The fact is that you are happy with it and you know that that was okay. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, but will that adjust the belief system itself? I mean, I understand grounding. Um, you know, the, I, I've I do love grounding in, in the sense that I, I need to be more disciplined. But when it comes to say the belief that you know I I can't relate to others because I've gone so far into the spirit realm and you know just stuff like those kind of I understand. I understand, but I, I think maybe the the small point you might be missing here is that when you are fully present in your body, mind, body, soul, all in one place, you will find that what you're experiencing now and the dilemmas, the emotional dilemmas you're facing, it will fall away because you're overthinking it in many ways. Um, and even if you were to go, okay, you're in England, even if you're going to go into a pure workman pub, okay, that's pretty, you know, stiff upper lip, hardcore, can't talk about anything spiritual. Even if you go into that scenario, being completely present, you would find people's reaction to you is completely different. I know you think you're very grounded at the moment when you go into these situations, but I look at your energy and I would say, I don't think you are grounded. If you think that's grounded, then you really need to try these techniques because when you are fully grounded in these scenarios, you will notice a difference. The fact that you can still be questioning in your mind yourself already highlights to me that you're not completely grounded when you go into these situations. Yeah. I know that's really not what you want to hear, but think about it for later because you need to... Be fully present to be able to enjoy fully present. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not easy. And, you know, I'm not going to pretend that it's going to be easy for the next few months. But once you do this for a few months, it will become very easy. It's not a lot of time to invest in trying a small technique to be able to have the freedom to feel joy when you're in these weird social, well, not weird, but when you're in a social situation where you start feeling like you're weird. Yeah. Would you say that this element um, of my life is the main blockage towards me manifesting what I truly desire? It's just this, this element of, of what I, you know, overthink and trick myself to believe in? Like, would you say that that is, like, what is the main thing that's holding you back from, say, you know, 
actually going out and and being a part of the world and doing what I want to do. And Okay, and I would say if I had to summarize it in one thing, which is not easy, but I'll pick the one that jumps to me the strongest, is you're in your head too much. You just think way too much. You've got to clear your head. you just got 10,000 thoughts going on in there. You're predicting people's conversations, their perception, the way they look at you, you know, and I mean, not you as a total being, just even look at you like a physical appearance, all this. You've got so many conversations going on inside your head with yourself that you lose sight of what's going on with you right now. And I understand why you do it because, you know, you're very intellectual, you're, you're brain just can can actually hold that many thoughts i mean i applaud you my brain can't hold that many thoughts (laughs) i wish it could but because your head is so busy with all this stuff you then fail to see um the main things that are in front of you it's what is the saying you can't see the woods for the trees or something i forget how it goes but something like that it's like if you could stop all the thoughts not all the, let's say if you could stop half the thoughts in your head going on you would find that life is much simpler for you already and just acknowledge to yourself that it's because you your brain has a capacity to, capacity to do that i mean in a way i don't want to say you're too smart but you know because your mind is so big it's crowded Whereas for a lot of us, we can't even retain that much. So we don't have the same challenges that you do because our minds are much simpler. Even though our minds are complex, they're much simpler than yours. Think of it more like you have like the mathematician, scientist, giant mind thinking 10,000 formulas, whereas the rest of us are learning math too. Does that make sense for you? Yeah, it does. It does. I'm... I'm I'm just grabbing at simple examples to try and show you the difference. So if you can manage to still half those thoughts in your head and come down to just, you know, college-level maths, then life would be much simpler for you. Yeah, and and grounding will will definitely... Yeah, and I know this sounds like a very simple thing, but once you do it, you'll understand what I mean. Because when you are totally present inside your body the clarity that comes to you is amazing you're not crowded with all this stuff in your head and when you have that clarity and you feel the presence in you know you being inside your body and communicating with people the actual excitement and the high you get from the interaction is wonderful fabulous fun joy but it's just getting yourself in that body to take that step and you're so used to, you know, thinking 10,000 things, it's hard to focus and ground and not think about half the stuff. That is the big challenge, but totally achievable. Yeah. What do you do for work? Um, well, I'm in the process of um, trying to put uh, sound healing workshops and shamanism workshops. By the moment, I'm unemployed. I've been offered a a role in uh, a music college uh, for March, but I'm just, just trying to decide whether I want to take that on 
because did you music say music is oh music yeah yeah sorry go it's a music production course, and it's fairly expensive, so I'm just debating whether or not I should do it if I'm going to use it or not. But then again, the synchronicity has occurred, so it's kind of like, well, if it's there, then I probably should take it if it's going to get me out of the house. But my passion is not really or it's your ego, Or it's your ego distracting you from putting your soul focus with clarity in a grounded source so you can manifest the shamanism class. Mm-hmm. It isn't one or the, the other. Ego. It's all the perspectives right now, and it's the ego that is just trying to distract you. If your focus is the shamanism class, why are you going to go and go into some and go into a, a very expensive class? Yeah. What does it repay you? Nothing. What does the shamanism yeah. class manifested for you repay you in? That is how you yeah. reclaim the I am presence time versus ego time. Yeah. Makes complete sense. So the ego can manifest then, like... Uh, oh, it can manifest things. It manifests these opposite synchronicities that are distraction-based synchronicities. It knows how to use the mystical world. That's what it's meant to do. That's why it's empowered at this level. And like Kathy was saying, you're thinking about so many things. Imagine if you were to clear out all of these ego thoughts and have them related around shamanism and mysticism and healing and taking on clients and doing all of this other stuff and doing what you were meant to do with these God-given hands of yours. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're at the age, guy, where you're at the age where you need to understand what the good work is and what work is. Sometimes the good work pays you back. And that's awesome. And you're setting yourself up to do the good work so it can pay yourself back. So that you can heal people. That you can break blockages of energy that's out there. Only you can manifest that. The ego can't. It's never going to let you do that. Okay. I guess, well, again, now that now that's been called out, I can overthink. It, it feels like anything I say is like a... You know, like a, a thought that's from the mind. But, um, how, but you have to start You have to start labeling what is ego and what is what is I am. So you can start clearing out what an ego thought is, and so it's I am powers. I am runs the technology. How much of of this I I am present or my soul is actually present right now like in this exact moment in this exact moment when kathy was speaking to you and you were tuning into the height of her energy you were about 35 percent present on an average you're around 17 percent present during the day and this is what kathy was trying to explain to you what you believe to be grounded really isn't grounded is more grounded than other people around you but it just shows you how depressed the environment around you is and if you're going to raise your frequency, you must take grounding as part of your good work that you do and source your own happiness from. All right, everyone, we have got to go. That is our music. Thanks a lot, everyone. Have a great day. We'll see you next Monday. <laughs>